On today's show, I'm joined by two of the cast members of the fantastic Train Spotting Live. It's from Edinburgh, it's played over 530 performances, and now is on its first Australian tour. There's all that and more on today's episode of Benjamin Man McKay's Talk To Me. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Benjamin Man McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and joining me on the show today is two of the stars of Train Spotting Live. Now, I got to see it the other week. It's a fantastic, immersive theatrical production based off Irving Welsh's original novel and, of course, the uh, cult classic film, which was released in the 90s. This production originated in Edinburgh a few years back. Since it's played 530-something performances, it's now in Australia. It's in Adelaide at the moment. It's here till March 19th. And then it heads over to Melbourne and Brisbane. It continues to play to sold-out audiences everywhere. So I sit down with the cast to ask them about what it's like to take on this massive piece of theatre. Enjoy. Well, welcome to the show, and thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you. Now, <laughs> before we talk about Transporting Live, what inspired both of you to pursue performing arts careers? Uh, <laughs> I actually wanted to be a um, paleontologist when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I, I didn't really fit in, well, not fit in at school, I didn't really do well at school. Um, not academically, I just I just hated it really, and I got thrown out and I didn't really know what I was doing, so I did a plethora of jobs, I was a, a labourer, uh, did a lot of plumbing, tree surgery, <laughs> went to live in a hippie commune for a little bit, and then I was like, okay, and then I, I applied for drama college in uh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh's Telford College, and I, Spent three years there and then uh, fell in with In Your Face Theatre afterwards. A uh, bunch of guys, well, mostly from Telford. And uh, yeah, we did a few plays and then we said we're going to do train spotting. And here I am in Australia talking to you. So yeah. <laughs> that's the abridged version. <laughs> yeah, I apparently, my mum tells me that from as soon as I could talk, I said, I want to be an actress. And that's just <laughs> never, never changed. I think I've obviously went through stages when I was younger, like, I want to be a policewoman, I want to be a vet, I want to do everything. But acting means I can pretend to be all sorts of things, so it's yeah. kind of a win-win situation. So, yeah. yeah, I've just kind of always been keen to perform. So I went to high school, did a lot of drama clubs, went straight to college, did my degree, and then eventually did my master's, actually. So, yeah, constant performing arts kind of training for me. And, and now we're here. Yeah. And interactive theatre is something that's been on the rise in Australia, especially in the past few years. What do you think is making audiences take that leap of faith to, I suppose commit themselves to something they don't know what's going to happen yeah. in. I think we're, we're very fortunate because we're like a brand, Transport, mm. and it's got a cult, cult following. Yeah. So I think they almost find out that it's immersive, almost like secondary, because it's Transport and it's so well known. I mean, and on the other side of that coin, there's people who come along to our show and they're expecting a show about steam locomotions. <laughs> so like, uh, it's just not that show whatsoever. No. But, um, yeah, it's fun, it's different, it's not conventional. That was the whole idea behind In Your Face Theatre, was we, going into the, at the time in Edinburgh, the theatre scene, we'd go to the Lyceum, it'd be like, no different from going to the cinema, where you walk in, you pay your ticket, price admission, and then you're sat there, the play happens, you buy drinks, the extortionate prices, popcorn, <laughs> nuts and stuff like that, and ice cream, and then it finishes, you get up and clap, and then that's it, it's like, theatre's alive, and you, sh it sh you should be able to touch it, and it should be able to touch you physically, emotionally, and we do that whether you like it or not. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, more of it. Yeah, it's, it's, as I said, it's something different, and it's exciting. It's, 
it's still fresh and we've been doing it for three years because we just keep it's organically naturally changes over the over the every it's like every run almost subconsciously every time we do it, it yeah it evolves like, yeah mm. always evolving just keep raising the bar we keep thinking it'll never get any better and then it does. And obviously, you do pull people into the show, whether it's changing naked in front of them or literally throwing excrement at people. <laughs> is there a specific seat you do that to every night, or is it you pick the person based on what, how they're looking? Do you think this person's okay? Yeah, well, it... We start off with a rave, a 50 minute mm. rave, and that is a, it's almost like a feeling out process for us and the audience. You could say you're, you're, you're picking your marks. Yeah. After 530 plus performances, you, you sort of build up a thick skin and you're kind of like, yeah, I know who to pick on and I, ho and I know who to leave the fuck alone. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you size people up and then you fair game. But I think we're really never at the point where it's like we're very much equipped to sort of deal with people if they try and get lippy because, you know, it's interactive and some people think. Yeah. yeah. Well, have you ever picked the wrong person? Oh yeah, yep. a couple of times. Mostly, <laughs> happens, mostly happens in Edinburgh, you know, you get people starting on you. Uh, yeah, you I think we've had a... politely asked to leave by the security. <laughs> I think we've had a, a couple of guys, especially with like Begbie, obviously being quite an aggressive in your face character. Yeah. I'm sure with Begbie and Sick Boy, there have been a couple of people that have tried to yeah. square go them, which we yeah. can say, or fight them. Yeah, I, I, called, I called the guy a smurf and he'd obviously been drinking all day at the Edinburgh Festival and he didn't like that very much. And he, yeah, challenge me to ask where I go. It's just like Papa Smurf needs to take yeah. a chill pill. Yeah, we, have, we have security now for those sorts yeah. of reasons. But like, as I said, like it's they're not negative. And, uh, it's I wouldn't say at it's least encouraged. they believe that we're really you know yeah. new characters. Yeah, really the yeah, characters. Like they think we're actually really so, trying to. Find it's, all, them. it's all good fun, really. Yeah, yeah it's like when I get, you get head, I get head to head with some people and you feel the tension in their neck and they lock their neck with their spine and you feel the the sinewiness in the, in the neck and you're like yes this is it this is what I want this is the kind of reaction I'm looking to get because mm. it just it just makes us go even further it's like how far can we push the boat out mm. and you mentioned you performed in Edinburgh and I think London as well and yes. now you're in Australia uh, the different countries do they bring you different audiences or is oh, it much definitely. the same yeah even, in, even within the UK because everyone yeah. always asks us it's like do you, do you dull learn the accents or anything we're like no because we want to give it a gen genuine sort of article and the experience because I mean like it is a ex theatrical experience I believe um, just the whole the whole thing from even like you're handing over your ticket you get a glow stick that's where it starts yeah so yeah we don't because I mean, in Edinburgh it's always asked do you dull down the accents in Edinburgh it's like or sorry because we have a very mixed culture in Edinburgh Festival you get Spanish people Australians Americans Canadians come and see it obviously you get your Scottish weekend warriors that come along uh, Friday Saturdays are always a great laugh because it's people who we attract non-conventional theatre sort of crowds so they come out, it's train spotting, it's in, you know, their hometown. Like, oh, train spotting, eh? And they'll go out and they'll <laughs> drink all day and they'll come and party with us, it's great. So, yeah, definitely different crowds. Bristol, particularly, was very, very mental. It was it's a lot more of a, like, student scene there and a lot more yeah. of, like, underground also. Almost yeah. quite like train spotting scene yeah. there, so. Like, yeah, like, very, People getting very... thrown out of the show before it even began. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, it's good. Actually having to physically <laughs> remove audience members as an actor, off a stage. It's, <laughs> it's something that, like, I've probably never happened before, I don't think. Is that too bold to say that? Mm. There are definitely a rarity, like. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was fun. Fun to be had. But, yeah, a lot more to the, see. The audiences here have just been, been here a very short while, so it's kind of difficult to gauge, but so far they've been, they've been great. It's been, the reception's been really, really warm and good and loving and, 
yeah, they're very vocal, <laughs> which is really good. And try, try and steal an Aussie man's beer, and will have a few words to say about it, like, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's our culture for you. Yeah. <laughs> now, some nights you do three shows an evening. Yeah. How on earth do you do that? Physically, <laughs> emotionally, I mean, vocally, you scream a lot, especially Gavin, there's a lot of yelling. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. do you sustain that? Like, doing, what, 14, 15 shows a week? Yeah, it's... I still don't even know really how we do it. Yeah. We're all just a little bit crazy. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> Gotta look after yourself. Yeah, Enjoy your days off, but... Tea, diet, exercise. What's the honey? That stuff. And the rave's very helpful as well, because in between shows, you're, you're, you're just beat, like all of us. Especially when we're kicking towards, like, the, the third show or the sixth show in the space of two days, and we're just kind of like... Oh... And then the rave will start, the audience comes in, it's almost like a reset. Yeah. So Gets you pumped up good. again, yeah. ready to go. Yeah. It's yeah. really warm in there, here, especially today. It's 31. It's horrible. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm from Scotland. We're not uh, used to this. It was minus five when I left Edinburgh. I was scraping ice off the car. Yeah. So, uh, and you arrived yeah. last week when we had the 40 degree weather? I was actually oh. in New Zealand at the time getting burned. <laughs> yeah. Getting burned in overcast days because there's no ozone layer over there. So yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was fun. So I built up a base. Mm. So yeah. quite fortunate that way. <laughs> nice wee holiday that way. Yeah, well, <laughs> weather you never get used to. I've been living here all my life and it's still horrible. So. <laughs> Great. Can't wait. <laughs> so you're taking it around and obviously doing, what, as you said, 530 performances or something, more than yeah. that by this point. How do you keep it fresh for you? Because it is, for everyone in the cast, it's very emotional. Yeah. It's, mm. it's a ride that you've got to take the audience on, so you've really got to believe that you're doing this. Yeah. So how is it still fresh 530-odd times later? I think... For me, it's just because I love doing it so much. Yeah. It's like we all just like love the show and love that we get to be in like brand new places and like bring it to so many new people. So like, really, that's kind of the thing that keeps it fresh for us, really, and the audience, because you never know how they're going to react. So every show is completely different in a sense of like reacting with them. Like some people might laugh, some people might not, mm. and that really kind of gives you a buzz and yeah. to know how far to take things. It's very fortunate because it's an immersive show, so almost every night is different. So like mm. you, you sort of gauge it on that and yeah. we just give ourselves different objectives we try different things out yeah. like even just simple things like the way we're saying a line we'll just change yeah. it up a little bit and it gives it a completely different meaning yeah new spaces as yeah. well adapting to a brand new space like we've never been in a space quite like this one so we've had to change a few things mm. and like add more to some scenes or take away a little bit from yeah. scenes and like it's been good because then it keeps you on your toes yeah you set yourself challenges and stuff like that and mm -hmm. we, have a, we have a good laugh sometimes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And what was your first encounter with train spotting as a, as a novel or a film or even the play? For me, it was the film mm. was the first time that I encountered train spotting, uh, and I love the film. It's, I think it's just part of like Scottish culture. You have to have like no train spotting. It's in your blood, yeah. sort of thing. Um, so yeah, for me, it was the film. See the film first. Obviously, you. Mine was completely different. Actually, yeah. it was uh, from a very young age. Uh, my dad had the, the soundtrack to the movie, so he played it in the car quite often. And then I read the book when I was in high school, and then I saw the film eventually because about ten years ago you couldn't find a DVD anywhere like in HMV, the big, big music shop and DVD place. Well, not so much anymore. But I'm back home. Um, yeah. Yeah, Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like there, uh, you couldn't find it. They discontinued it, the, the DVD. So it, it, I had to actually go online, um, and get the DVD that way. That's how I saw the film for the first time. But I'd read the book first, and I remember reading the first page. And being from Scotland, and I'm like, I'm having a hard time trying to decipher this. You have to say it out loud and speak as like almost in character as to try and get 
your head around it and then just been addicted to Irving Welsh's writing ever since mm. and I saw the film and then obviously T2's amazing as well yeah that's great uh, you, go see uh, T2 yeah it comes out <laughs> Friday I think over here. Oh, so I've seen it, but um, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's out Thursday. 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 Nice. Sony will be very happy that you've said that. Yeah. <laughs> just no need to thank me, Danny Boyle. Just pay it forward. <laughs> He's in Australia at the moment. Could you get him to a show? Do you reckon? Is that? Is that? Oh. We've tried many times. I think we could try. We have had Irvin Welsh at our show, which is yeah. the biggest kind of compliment you could really have. Well, how yeah. does that? I mean, for you as actors, when you know he's there, oh. and you could involve. You know, you could theoretically bring him in or throw yeah. stuff at him. How do you feel? Oh, when we you sat in a very, very <laughs> exposing seat. Yeah, he loved it, man. He did he's love such it. a nice guy. He's just like. You know, it's that, that old adage you say, never meet your heroes, it just mm. totally isn't true with Urban Welsh. He's just such a down-to-earth dude. Yeah. Like, he came to see us on the last day of the Edinburgh Festival last year, and he took us out for dinner, and he was drinking with us till about four or five in the morning. He was flying at seven. <laughs> true, but... He, he's an yeah. absolute... Like, yeah, trying to drink him under the table is inadvisable, man. That guy's got some stamina. But <laughs> just a, a really, really nice guy, and uh, it was a very big moment for all of us, and for me, yeah. personally, it was... It was probably one of the greatest nights of my life. My mum was there. Yeah. Um, I had a bottle of champagne that I was saving for my 21st birthday. It was an Andy Murray bottle of champagne from when he won Wimbledon for the first time. <laughs> and obviously, like, infamously, Irvin Welsh, his commentary on Andy Murray tennis matches on Twitter, like, they are just the best thing in the world. If you haven't seen it, you must check it out. Next time Andy Murray's playing tennis, just go on Twitter and just follow Irvin Welsh and read these tweets. They're absolutely stupendous so I got him to open it and he not only did he open it but he poured all the glasses and I was just you're just a dude man I was like you can't get any better than this and then yeah. hours later <laughs> we're out partying until the a.m. until the sun was coming up I fell asleep on my bus <laughs> and yeah. we were flying to Bristol the next day we were that was a grim flight <laughs> worth it though yeah worth totally it. worth it <laughs> well the play your play is very true to the novel I find more than that actual film but do you get people coming in expecting a film sort of you know expecting you to be you and McGregor as opposed to being oh yeah Brenton? yeah you, you do it comes with the territory you know you're doing train spawn there's always going to be expectations and it's always a challenge to be able to convince them that yeah, the play is and obviously we're always trying to put our own spin on it hmm. we don't want it to be art imitating art yeah so yeah it's, it's a, it is a tricky one because it, it's so humbling and so nice when, it's, when you get people who say, oh yeah, I've seen the film and I really loved that and I loved this. And obviously there are going to be people not too keen or you know, not, but maybe didn't enjoy it as much as enjoyed the film, but that's totally okay. Mm. And um, you get people who have never seen the film, never read the book, come and see the show and they, they love it. So it's like their first taste of Trainspot. It's like, great, go see more theatre. <laughs> go read the books, see the film. Yeah. Go see T2. <laughs> yeah. So in an age where it is increasingly difficult to sell theatre because of services like Netflix and we've got Stan here and I know the Hulus in the States, yeah. there's so much content. How, how do people choose theatre and how can you convince people to choose theatre? I just don't, I just think that theatre can give you so much more than anything you can watch like on a screen. Like being there like with live actors and like the sets and everything I just think is always... For me, maybe I'm biased because I am a theatre lover yeah. and an actor, but uh, I think it's just one of the best ways to experience like entertainment and yeah, like it's... really see what like touches you and what like you you gain so much more I think from live theatre than you do from like from films. You, feel... you can't pause it. Yeah. You can't like turn turn it on mute. You like 
are there. And if you yeah. don't like it, then you just have to walk out and you have to like be bold. That's what the challenge is as an actor, is you've yeah. got to be sure it just doesn't wash over people. You've got to keep their attention, because if, mm. you, if you lose their attention, then and that's the battle. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, there's a certain sense of vulnerability when, as an audience member, especially when you do something immersive and something that, you know, is really quite powerful. Mm. Um, it's, it's a lot more difficult to get that sort of reaction out of someone when they're just sitting at home watching it or streaming it on their devices or on TV, so. Yeah. The live aspect is, is unbeatable, really. Mm. I mean, live, live theatre is my state, my life. I love it. <laughs> but uh, it is, I know in Australia especially, it's harder and harder to get people to come to it. But I went to an opening night and it was full. And what really fascinated me was the cross-section of ages. Like, there were, there were like kids there, like, you know, yeah. 13, 14. And then there were people who looked to be well into their 70s. Yeah. Why? Is, is that something you see everywhere? Or is that just here? And why do you I think we get that cross-section of ages? Maybe not the festival, at the Edinburgh Festival. It's, well... But, like, yeah, we had... Even in London, we get, like, a lot of 70-year-old like women dancing with us in the rave, and it's, yeah. it's so great. It's so touching. It's, it's like, You've got the young ones that, like, have maybe missed out on, like, when and things were first yeah. released that I've now heard about it especially with the new film coming out that kind of want to know what it's about this cult thing and then you've got the people that were actually around that saw it yeah. for the first time and 20 bringing, years ago they're bringing their kids yeah so it's just got like such a massive span and it's got so yeah. many issues in it that like can be relatable to everyone it's a lot of like current obviously our problems. show is rated uh, 16 plus so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, don't yeah don't bring kids <laughs> we have had children well, in to see our yeah. show before like, an American family typical sort of like American oh, like no. sort of blue blooded like hey we're from Connecticut and uh, we watch train spotting all the time and it's our first time here in Scotchland and we thought we'd bring the kids and it was just to be fair they, like, they stayed okay. there was two young girls that were literally must have been around ages between like 6 and like 10 however at the end they asked for a photo and they said well if we don't want our kids to take drugs and this is the best kind of way they can learn. I was like, maybe a bit young, yeah, but, uh, you know, like, um, you know pre prepare them. Who am I to judge someone else's parenting skills? Yeah. yeah. I think I must have been 13 when I read the novel for the first time, which is quite young. But yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, it was, it's a captivating story. Yeah. And obviously it is quite socially confronting. So what messages and what themes do you think people will take and what do you want them to take away from the play? Many, many yeah, of them. like, because um, the way it starts off, we always get people who come up and say, it's like, see when, like, walking in the start, you guys made drugs look so good, like, they were so fun. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I never want to touch drugs. Yeah. Ever. It is important. It is really important. Yes, it's a big message about like, addiction, really. I don't, I, I don't feel that we're too preachy, which I quite no. enjoy. I quite mm. enjoy it. Because if, if it was too preachy, I don't think people would come, even come away with less the message yeah I think in the the show and the way that Urban writes it's just very much these are all things that have like really happened like these are some people's lives yeah. like this is like harsh reality of mm. what does happen and even even the small snippet scenes like the domestic abuse that's still ongoing and it's not just the like the addict themselves that's affected but like the family the friends yeah. and like what it does to them and yeah, there's a lot of like different messages yeah, in there. And there's that also can like take from. even in like the sort of like the theatrical sense, it's like I mean we're all working class background actors starting a theatre company. We all put fifty pound in at the start, and the first run we got hundred pound back. 
you know, profit shares, three shows a night, every single night for a month, totaling to 65 shows, you know, it's like, if we can do it, if I can do it, some <laughs> punk kid from Newton Grange, Dalkeith, <laughs> Edinburgh, like, with tattoos can be, can get to Adelaide and London, 500 shows, I mean, like, it's doable. So that's also another strong message, especially back in the UK. I'm not too sure what it's like here, but it's the theatre is all very, you know, up, up, middle to upper class. Yeah. Uh, dominance, shall we say, in the West End and fr fringe theatre has always got, it's got to really work hard to be yeah. able to sort of break through the mould almost. So it's incredibly humbling and I feel very lucky to be here. Hmm. So. I mean, fringe is the great time in Adelaide where we do get to celebrate artists from all, all over the world and all walks of life and there's a chance that even the smaller artists can sort of rise to the top yeah. publicity wise so yeah. it's a great time to have you guys here to show you know how you've evolved really yeah yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's been quite a journey it has, it has. <laughs> but your faces are everywhere really. I mean you walk down any street of Adelaide now and there's you know it's billboards insane. and posters it's and slides and there's stuff on the ground like there's circles on the ground yes. and yeah you can walk on Gavin's face yeah people have Who walked doesn't over want to do Gavin. that yeah I don't <laughs> to walk on my face especially after the show. show <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's, it's it's crazy because like you type especially in Edinburgh the rare occasion where we are back home uh, <laughs> downtown you know you're walking down the street or I'll be walking down the street on Blair Street or something where it's for those of you who don't know Edinburgh Blair Street is where all the saunas are in Edinburgh mm -hmm. not the the nice kind of saunas as well you know the saunas, saunas. and um, yeah. walking down the yeah. street and then you just hear hey red boy and it's <laughs> out of context that's just the worst thing to be shouted at you it's very nice <laughs> and touching but also like yeah not like that, guys. Not like that. <laughs> so it's, it's mental. It's, but I've got to, you know, we all keep ourselves very much grounded because we are, we all know where we started, we all know where we came from. So like we're, as soon as someone m m might seem like someone's ego might be inflaming a little bit, you know, we'll slap them around the head and bring them back down. <laughs> and also I've got, I've got, a good, I've got a good group of pals back home and they help keep me grounded as well because like when I come back and it's just like I'm not even away, we're still doing the same old stuff. Probably too much drinking, but you know. No. Yeah, it's <laughs> never too much no. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, your timing is perfect with T2 coming out on Thursday. Now, we've all seen it. Do you think, did you imagine that's where the characters would be 20 years from that first story? Yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect. Greg and Chris, who play Tommy and Begbie in our show, they, were, they represented us at the world premiere in Edinburgh. And yeah. I met, I caught up with them afterwards and in a bar, obviously. And um, I was chanting about it, and it's, Greg said to me, it's 5% like the book. Then I went to see it five days later with you, Rachel, yeah. and then I was like, actually, it's more like 3% like the book. Um, yeah. But I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was a love song to the first film, and it was very, very aware of it, very self-aware. There's a, there's a bit in the film where it's like you're living in your own nostalgia, you're living your, your teenage years, and it was so touching, it was so nice, and it was, it was more lines from the novels that were incorporated, which I loved, being yeah. an absolute Irvin Welsh nerd. I loved it and I adored it. And the soundtrack, I just wanted to buy the soundtrack. If they were selling the soundtrack outside the, the cinema, I would have totally bought it. We'd bought like five copies. Yeah. It was great. Went it was iTunes straight away and downloaded it. So different from the book. Yeah. Have we both had read the I mean, book before obviously, it, the first film brilliant. is is what it is and it's, it's so hard and it's, that's the dangerous thing with sequels is how do we top something but 
Yeah. It, it had to be. It had to be twenty years. They had to wait. It wouldn't have worked if they'd done it five years or even <laughs> ten years afterwards. Because not in the novel, it's just ten years that have passed. Um, but yeah, I thought Robert Carlyle, Ewan Bremner, everybody yeah, they were fantastic. Oh, spud. Spud broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, what, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers, but yeah, it is, it is fantastic. <laughs> if you love the first film or the books, like you will, you will love this. It's a good kick of nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. So 20 years from now, we'll be back here talking about T2 Vibe. Uh, <laughs> well, the way, the, things, the way things are going right now, um, I'll probably be doing this show until I'm 45, so <laughs> T2, I might be in a Zimmer frame. It's going to be waddling out well, a little bit. I don't know where else I can go. I'm already playing the, the mum. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just whittle down to, instead of playing seven characters, I will just play the mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit too old. <laughs> well, you guys are touring Australia. You're here in Adelaide till March 19th. Yes. yes. Then you head to Melbourne and Brisbane. Yes. And for people wanting to details of all of those dates and where they can look for future engagements where can they go um they can go to yeah well the venue for melbourne is 45 downstairs and <laughs> brisbane is the powerhouse Boom, i'm on the ball i'm on the ball Whoa. yeah uh, we're, we, we open in <laughs> melbourne on the 22nd of march and we're there for roughly a month and then brisbane yeah. is a shorter stint there but yeah I'm check it on the website it. yeah train spot and life website I think like it's just trainspotandknife. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Said with such conviction. Yeah. We, we totally didn't need any help with that, by the way. No, 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 no we did no not. Prompting you. No, no one else is here in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I let you go, what advice would you offer to any young actors looking to work in the performance space? Just take, honestly, just go for auditions, whether it's paid work or non-paid work. I remember when I found out about this, it wasn't a paid job, but here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Do what you love. Yeah, man. Just and hopefully you'll get there. Just yeah, like keep going. Without, again, sounding too preachy, especially <laughs> if, like, if you're like a kid and you, there's someone telling you that you can't do something, you can't do this, like a parent or a teacher or anything like that, it's just, you just got to give them the middle finger and say, no, I can do this and I will do this. Without, with or without your support, hopefully with support. And um, yeah, just don't give up and um, keep at it. Like, yeah. just be stubborn and have fun. Like, stop, stop and take a minute to smell the roses and just like, drink it in for a moment. And uh, yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small, it's a small, it's a small world. It's a small world, everybody talks, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for your advice, and good luck with the rest of the, the tour. And thank I hope you. Thank you. Uh, some point we get to yeah, catch up <laughs> <Thank> again. <laughs> Thanks. That was my chat with Gavin and Rachel from Train Spotting Live. All the details about the touring show are in the show notes for this podcast. As always, don't forget to check out our incredible supporters, Palace Nova Cinemas, Mad Zombie Collectibles, and Via Vision Entertainment. There are always new movie reviews on the website to check out too, so have a look there and check out what I think of the latest releases. Well, we've got some fantastic interviews already recorded and lined up for you over the next couple of months, and we can't wait to share them all with you. We've got Jonathan Mangum from Whose Line Is It Anyway and True Carries in Propaganda, and Courtney Hansen from Nashville, just to name a couple. We'll have those to you very shortly. We'll be back for another podcast later in the month, but until then, I've been your host, Benjamin May McKay. See you next time.